Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Content warning. This podcast contains language that is offensive or harmful. Please engage with this podcast at your own pace. (laughs) I start off today with this because today we are going to take a look at words we're not supposed to use anymore, both words and phrases, really. And they come from the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative by Stanford University. Now, you ask what that is. Well, the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, or EHLI, is a multi-phase, multi-year project to address harmful language in IT at Stanford. Yes, the EHLI is one of the actions prioritized in the Statement of Solidarity and Commitment to Action which was published by the Stanford CIO Council uh, and the People of Color in Technology, or they also get this, call themselves Pocket. (laughs) And it's an affinity group that uh, formed in December of 2020. Uh, This is how they describe themselves. The the goal of the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative is the elimination or to eliminate many harmful Uh, forms uh, of of language, including racist, violent, and biased uh, language in Stanford websites and code. And now what are things that are biased? Well, they say disability biases, ethnic biases, uh, ethnic slurs, gender biases, uh, impact biases, and sexual biases. The purpose of this website, they say, is to educate people about the possible impact of words we use. Language affects different people in different ways, they say, and we are not attempting to assign levels of harm to the term uh, terms on this site, they say. We also are not attempting to address all informal uses of the language, and this, uh, this is, fo- is to focus on uh, particularly harmful terms used in the United States. So, They definitely want to get that across. This is only for the United States. Starting with a list of everyday language and terminology. Our suggested alternatives are in line with those used by peer institutions and within technology communities. So I guess what it boils down to is why do we care? Well, it's because words do mean things. And so that's why we wanted to cover this today. Words really do mean things. So if we're trying to ban these things then we need to pretty much figure out why and what they're trying to ban, right? And really, when it boils down to what's the difference? These people are all about not banning books, right? Banning books is terrible. We can't ban books. Then why are we banning language? Why are we banning words? Why are we banning phrases? What's the difference, really? I mean, that if you really think about it, isn't it the same thing? But so let's do this, and 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 in in the in the spirit of having fun with it, right? Let's let's just have some fun with this because some of this is just absolutely ridiculous. And and they start out putting these into different categories. So the first category they cover is what's called ableist. Ableist language is a language that is offensive to people who live with disabilities and or uh, devalues people who live with disabilities. 
The unintended use of such terms furthers the belief that people who live with disabilities are abnormal. So what they're going to do is we're going to, they, they cover this by saying that instead of this word or phrase, you need to consider using this word or phrase. And then they tell you why they decided to, to do that. And they included these on the list. Well, the first word is addict. You can't use the word addict anymore. You should use the word person with a substance use disorder. <laughs> no, you can't call them addicts. It's a person with a substance uh, use disorder. Using person's first language helps to not define people by just one of the characteristics. So, so that, that characteristic of being an addict could be, you know, obviously a very big part of them, but we can't really do that because that's not entirely who they are. You can't call them addicted or hooked. Um, well, hooked is hooked is okay. Devoted is even better. So, <laughs> can you imagine not calling somebody addicted to something, but they're devoted to it because it trivializes the experiences of people who deal with substance abuse issues. So, <laughs> so that person isn't addicted to his alcohol. He is devoted to it. <laughs> really a devoted to it. <laughs> you can't use basket case. You have to use, you have to say that they're nervous. Originally referred to one who has lost all four limbs and therefore needed to be carried around in a basket. Really? Who has been carried around in a basket lately? And, 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 and who could be offended by this? I mean, wasn't that a good thing that they were taking places, <laughs> right? I mean, anyway, blind review and blind study, um, those, those are out for things like anonymous review and mask study. Un unintentionally um, perpetuates the disability uh, of someone abnormal or, or negative, um, furthering a ableist culture. How? How do those things do that? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Just like this next one, committed suicide. You can't say that somebody committed suicide any longer. You have to say that they died of suicide. <laughs> Ableist language that trivializes the experiences of people living with mental health conditions. So it wasn't their choice to commit suicide? It was... <laughs> Suicide just got him. <laughs> that suicide guy, man, he just snuck right up on him and got him. It wasn't their choice. So we can't say committed suicide anymore. We have to say they died by suicide. Or how about confined to a wheelchair or wheelchair bound? Yet the person who uses a wheelchair is much better for, for this type of thing. Using Person first language helps to not define people by just one characteristic, as we've heard before, and also uses uh, the users of wheelchairs uh, often find them to be an essential tool for their freedom instead of thinking of them as a prison. I mean, who who says that somebody in a wheelchair has to be confined or bound to it 24-7? It's not their prison. They don't think of it that way. <laughs> That's not what anybody thinks of it when they say that somebody's confined to a wheelchair or they're wheelchair bound. That's just crazy. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, we can't use crazy. Um, we have to use surprising or wild. That's just wild. 
<laughs> because crazy is an ableist language that trivializes the experiences of people living with a mental health condition, like cripple or crippled, um, or crippled is a verb. Uh, all of these things are just dumb. Oh, wait a minute. They're, they're not dumb because we can't use dumb anymore either. Nonverbal or non-vocal. <laughs> so that's just non-vocal. Doggone it. <laughs> because dumb once used to describe a person who could not speak and implied that the person was incapable of expressing themselves. And who assumes that today? That's just, that's just non-vocal. <laughs> um, handicapped parking, uh, handicapped, handicapped space. All of these things are out because, again, they just trivialize people's experiences with disabilities. And how about insane? Uh, that's the same as surprising and wild. We're supposed to use that. Uh, lame, boring, and uncool. Mentally ill, person living with a mentally mental health condition. Well, wait a minute. We can't say mentally ill because if, if they are not living with it, then they're dead, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if if we just say you are ill, then are we trivializing your experience? This doesn't make any sense. Just like OCD. We can't say OCD anymore. We're supposed to say detail-oriented. So now we have to assume that's, that everybody who is detail-oriented is OCD because there's no difference, right? We can't use OCD. We have to say detail-oriented. Paraplegic or quadriplegic. That we can't use. Person with a spinal cord injury, person who is paralyzed, this term generalizes a population of people while also implying that people with disabilities are not capable. Well, they're not capable because they can't use their limbs. <laughs> That's retarded. No, we can't use that. Person with a, a cognitive disability, a person with autism. Um, these type of things are much better to be said. I can't say retarded. You have to say boring or uncool because this term is a slur. How about sanity check? I, you know, that's not one I had heard before. Uh, you're supposed to say confidence check, co coherence check, or fact check. This term could be offensive to those dealing with mental health issues. How exactly would they be offended, though, if they're insane? <laughs> Are they even going to know <laughs> if that's what even really what we mean? Uh, if you're saying that somebody's a spaz, though... Not good. Spaz should be uh, replaced with clumsy. Standing, stand up meeting, uh, replaced with quick meeting. Tone deaf is replaced by enlightened. Walk in should be replaced with drop in or open office. And why? Because these are all ableist language that trivializes the experience of people living with disabilities. How does drop in not trivialize? parachuters or how does drop in not trivialize newborns hmm. graybeard is another one we're not supposed to use the the person's name is what we're supposed to substitute that for and it calls out uh an older and presumably more experienced it or cybersecurity person by referring to their age instead of the name instead instead of their name 
How about uh, senile? <laughs> We've heard that a few times recently, right? Person suffering from uh, senility is really what we should be calling them. So this term is often used uh, disparagingly, they say, to refer to older people whose mental facil- uh, faculties appear to be in decline. I'll give you an example, right? Biden is a senile old man. <laughs> how is this wrong? <laughs> so let's move on to a different category now. Uh, how about um, col- colonialism? Ooh, yeah, yeah, there's probably a few in here. No, there's only one. Well, what is colonialism? Colonialism is the policy or practice of acquiring full or partial political control over another country, occupying it with settlers and exploiting it economically. It is better to avoid terms that derive from colonialism. And in this case, like I say, you only have one on the list. It's, you guessed it, or maybe not, Philippine Islands. (laughs) We're not supposed to say that. No saying Philippine Islands because Philippines or the Republic of Philippines would be a better substitute for that. The term is politically incorrect and denotes colonialism. Some people of Filipino heritage might use the term, though. So, really? I mean, is this country made up of a group of islands? Yes. So, Philippine Islands is not okay? I mean, even the people of this country call it this. But we can't we can't call it that because it's not politically correct. All right, new category. Culturally appropriative. <laughs> Culturally appropriative language misuses terms that hold meaning to a particular culture in a way that often lacks respect or appreciation. So, like the word brave, the noun brave. Uh, they don't even give you something that you you should consider using instead. <laughs> they just say you, you shouldn't use it. And 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 so you know, I guess I guess we just totally not say any word. We just stay silent in in that you know in that part of the sentence. I don't know. Um, they say that this term perpetuates the stereotype of the noble, courageous savage, uh, equating the indigenous male as being less than a man. How how does it do that? Can somebody explain that to me? How about bury the hatchet? You're supposed to say call for peace or call for truce instead, because using this term is culturally inappropriate. Uh, and and it's, um, ap- it's um, application of this uh, of a old centuries, uh, I'm sorry, centuries old tradition among some Northern American indigenous peoples who buried their tools of war as a symbol of peace. So why is it bad? Why would be, why would that be bad? Just like chief. Uh, you're supposed to use the person's name instead, calling a non-indigenous person chief trivial. So I guess we can we can call an indigenous person chief, but just not a non-indigenous person chief, because it trivializes both the um, the the hierarchy and the elected chiefs in the indigenous communities. Calling an indigenous person chief is a slur. So no references should be made about this culture at all then right i mean if we're if we're supposed to not talk about this culture how are we going to make any kind of references to it whatsoever like geronimo you're not even supposed to 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 use the name geronimo geronimo was a famous leader and and a 
and a medicine man whose name is used today as a caricature, they say, of the brave warrior, often during macho pursuits. So, yeah, we just want to forget about Geronimo altogether and forget about low man on the totem pole because that's not supposed to be talked about. Lacking uh, seniority or having uh, don't have the power or the prestige would be much better instead because it trivializes something that is sacred to the indigenous people. Also, some First Nation communities being low on the totem pole is actually a higher honor than being on top. Hmm. The term also reinforces male-dominated language, they say. So even though, because I want to get this straight here, even though it's a term that is a good term, we want to ban it. Okay. How about on the warpath? You're supposed to say you're mad or you're on the offensive instead. Um, because cultural appropriation of a term that referred to the the route taken by indigenous people heading toward a battle with an enemy. But of course, we can say on the front lines though, right? Or Pocahontas, there's another one. Boy, we can't we can't be saying Pocahontas. Uh, you need to say the, the person's name instead. This is a slur, they say, and should not be used to address the indigenous women unless that is her actual name. <laughs> then you can use it. But I, I think they're confusing things here. I think they've confused this with Focahontas. Or how about powwow? Powwow is a verb. Uh, you, you should be uh, saying meet or get together instead. Um, and how about spirit, spirit animal? Now there's one. You can't say spirit animal anymore. And that's a little bit confusing to me because you're supposed to use favorite animal, animal I, I most admire or, uh, or would like to be. Uh, the term refers to an animal spirit that guides or protects one on a journey. So to equate it with an animal one likes is to demean the significance of the term. But wait a minute. I thought that 2S in the LGBTQ2S plus was a sign of how woke we were. Evidently not. I guess that time has passed. And how about too many chiefs and not enough Indians? You're right. That one's gone. A lack of clear direction uh, should be used instead. Or how about too many um, competing ideas? Or how about uh, tribal knowledge? Uh, You should substitute that with institutional knowledge. This term trivializes the ancestral knowledge handed down through generations of indigenous peoples. Now, you, you may be saying to yourself, why is grandfather not on the list then? <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> it's coming. All right. How about tribe? If you, if you say, hey, that, that, that person's a part of my tribe. No, we're not to say that anymore. Friends, network, family, supportive system, much better substitutes. Because histor- historically used, uh, historically this this uh, this word tribe was used to equate indigenous peoples with savages. Savages? Really? Really? Where did we get that? Where did the word savages come in here? So, like I said, there's no cultural references at all, right? We're just not supposed to do that anymore. Anything that has anything to do with indigenous peoples. We should not be using. We should just forget about them. Or how about, it's not just confined to indigenous peoples. It's, how about this one, guru. 
we're supposed to not use that. We're supposed to substitute it with expert, subject matter expert, um, primary, leader, teacher, guide. Why? Because in the Buddhist and Hindu traditions, the word is a sign of respect. So we shouldn't be using it, right? Or let's move on to gender-based no-nos. Gender-based language includes a range of words and phrases that are not helpful, they say, and in many cases are exclusionary. Some people may not mind having the term applied to them or even prefer having the term used. But of course, we're not going to use them anymore, even though they prefer us to do so. It's always preferred to ask a person how they want to be addressed instead of making assumptions, because there has not been any assumptions made on this list. (laughs) I mean, really. I mean, and this first one just kind of blows you out of the water. We're not supposed to say, get this, preferred pronouns anymore. Nope. Preferred pronouns is out. You cannot say that. You should just say pronouns. That's it. The word preferred suggests that the non-binary gender identity is a choice and a preference. Is it not a preference or a choice? How is that not a preference or a choice? I mean, even your gender fluid type people change all the time based on their preference and their choice of what they want to be called. But we're not supposed to do that anymore. How confusing is this, right? Or balls to the wall or ballsy, right? Those are out. I mean, ballsy, you were supposed to substitute with bold or risk taker. Because it attributes personality traits to anatomy. But wait a minute. We can't attribute personality traits to anatomy? What about nosy? Or strong-armed? Or plain footsie? How about um, have the balls to? No, no, no. We can't say have the balls to anymore either. You're right. Can't do that. That's bold or risk taker as well. Or how about chairman? Chairwoman? uh, Congressman? Congresswoman? Mailman? Yes, we can't use mailman. You saw that one coming, right? Same thing with fireman or firemen. We can't do that because that lumps a group of people using masculine language and or into gender binary groups, which don't include everyone, right? So this this is where it gets into the male pejorative argument. This can get really out of control. I mean, this is a very slippery slope when you start to do this. And we're seeing a lot of this throughout our society now, where you can't say things like fireman or whatever. You have to say, you know, firewoman or fireman and or firewoman or whatever. You know, you have to you have to uh, quantify things uh, because it's such a slippery slope that then you start to get in things like this. You can't say freshman. <laughs> yeah, you can't say freshman. Why? You're supposed to say frosh. That's okay. Frosh is okay. First year students, okay. But freshmen, not okay. Why? Because that lumps a group of students using masculine language into gender binary groups that don't include everyone. Like gentlemen, same reason. Guys, out. Folks, people, everyone, in. This term reinforces male-dominated language. Again, that's that male pejorative thing again. And of course, you saw this one coming as well. We can't say he. (laughs) Yes, the word he. You're supposed to use the person's name or use they. Unless you know the person you're addressing uses he as their pronoun 
Um, it is better to use they or ask the person which pronouns they use. But wouldn't we be offending those that are confused about their gender and want their pronouns to be they if we did that, if we just use they for everything? I don't know. How about, how about uh, her, uh, hermaphrodite, which is a, um, a, a person who they say you should be calling intersex person. I mean, this is a term they say historically has been used as a slur against LGBTQ plus people. Or maybe it's just a medical term, right? <laughs> How about ladies? Of course, if you can't say men, then you can't say ladies. Um, everyone lump, you know, lumps a group of people using gender binary language that doesn't include everyone. Uh, so ladies is out. Um, and I would say, so if, if you are thinking about, let's say, um, a ladies Bible study, let's say, well, you can't assume that everybody's a lady, so we can't say ladies Bible study anymore. How about uh, we say that uh, people who identify themselves as of the female gender's Bible study? Yeah, I don't know. doesn't really ring a bell. Uh, landlord or landlady, of course, out, property owner, in, uh, man, uh, man hours, uh, man in the middle, mankind, man-made, man power, policeman, uh all of these are out because this these terms reinforce male-dominated language. And we wouldn't want anything to do with a man, right? So all of those are out. Police officer, of course, is better than policeman. Uh, how about Seminole? I haven't really heard this one. I mean, you know, college uh, football where it has the Seminoles, or I guess is about the what I've heard uh, as close to it, but they, they say, how about uh, replacing that with leading or groundbreaking? Uh, this term reinforces the male dominated language. Why is it too close to semen or something? I don't know. Uh, how about she? Yep. You can't say he, you can't say she. Um, how about she male? No, 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 no. Transgender woman or transgender trans woman is much better. Tranny of course, not good. Transgender person. Much better because it's a slur. Transgendered is not good, right? Transgendered is not good. You're supposed to just call them transgender because the term avoids connections that being transgender is something that is done to a person or that some kind of transition is required. Really? Aren't they doing this to themselves? I don't get it. I don't, I just don't understand that one. Transsexual. You can't say that unless it's used medically. So what's the difference? How about you guys? <laughs> so, so you can't, Hey, you guys, you can't say that. You have to say, Hey people, <laughs> Hey folks. Hey everyone. That's much better. Um, how about, uh, the, um, in the the imprecious language imprecious language is terms that utilize euphemisms vagueness and um, inaccurate words to not say what one is trying to say so like for instance abort you can't say abort why because abort should be replaced with cancel or end 
this term can unintentionally raise religious or moral concerns over abortion. Whoa, wait a minute. So we might trigger pro-abortionists by saying the word abort. No saying abort. And how about this one? And this one has gotten the hackles up of a few people now. So much so that they actually had to come out with a statement here recently. And this one says that American is out. You should say U.S. citizen instead, because this term often refers to people from the United States only, therefore insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the, in the Americas, which is actually made up of 42 countries. Like I said, they had to actually come out with an update on this one. They updated this uh, on, uh, on the 20th of December, and it says that uh, over the last couple of days, there has been much discussion on the website that provides advice for the IT community at Stanford about word choices in Stanford websites and code. This message seeks to provide clarification about some of the issues discussed. First and importantly, the website does not re uh, represent university policy. It also does not represent mandates or requirements. The website was created by and intended for discussion within. Do you hear the backpedaling going on here? Right. It provides suggested alternatives for various terms. And, and it goes on. But here's here's what what it you really want to hear. It says, we have particularly heard concerns about the guide's treatment of the term American. We understand and appreciate those concerns. To be very clear, not only is the use of the term American not banned at Stanford, it is absolutely welcomed. <laughs> so they're going to come out with this list that we're, they're supposed to be banned words and phrases. But if there's one or two on there that you're really upset about, well, we're going to backpedal and say, we encourage you to use that word now. Well, let's continue this uh, next time on the next podcast. And you can always go to um, our website at uncommonsensepodcast.com. And you can hear this and our next one coming up on Wednesday, where we'll finish the list. And thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.